0: It's time now for WVYC SpartanCast. This is an in depth look at your college's athletics. SpartanCast is an opportunity for WVYC to talk with your college athletes, coaches, and administrators. Our host today is Jeffrey Schiffman. Welcome to WVYC SpartanCast, and with us today, we are joined by the Women's volleyball coach here at York college, Dan Mickle. Dan, in his first year here at the college, first of all, the season's going great, I guess, so far.
1: Yeah, yeah, we've started out really well, and hopefully, continue to keep this train going on the the rails that it is.
0: Let let's put it th- let let's put everything in perspective. You really weren't the head coach until <laughs> literally August, uh, almost as as
1: camp got started for this team. Uh, was that a difficult transition? <laughs> Not really, I guess because I've been here for four years as an assistant, and Tim and I had a very similar philosophy coaching-wise and program-wise, so it was pretty easy to step in from the assistant role into the head role. Really the hardest part was the getting used to all the paperwork and the admin side of it, the travel <laughs> and the budget. The volleyball was by far the easiest part
0: of it. And, and, all right, so and and you and I have known each other for quite some time, uh, probably uh, 10 years or so. Um, What's the, and, and you were a high school coach, you did club, you've done a lot of different things. You've been an administrator in club. What's the difference between being, say, a high school volleyball coach and being a college volleyball coach?
1: The grind. Um, our schedule, you know, in high school, you're limited in most. We'll talk Pennsylvania because that's you sure, know, kind that's of what know. I'm familiar with. You know, you're allowed 21, 22 contests. We play 30 in on the college level, and our conference in particular, we're driving five, six hours you know, south to Virginia or playing in Harrisburg. So the travel and just the grind of it. And then when we're not practicing or playing, we have to be recruiting because we always have to be reloading. High school, you kind of get what you get and you know it's up to the coach to develop the the program and the team, so in that sense it's a little bit harder I think from the high school standpoint of creating a dynasty or a great team, because you can't pick and choose as much as we do at the college level. But the time and the commitment it takes to recruit and be effective on the road is a lot heavier in the college level.
0: So you might be you know you might be uh, practicing one day uh, and, and right after practice you may go to see a, a match somewhere.
1: Yeah, one of the things when. T- Tim took over the program that we kind of changed was we rotated staff. So there were three of us on the coaching staff and we would each have a night off from the gym here at York with the expectation that we were going to a local okay. gym to catch a game. Because at that time we were practicing, and it was kind of tough to catch. This year it's easy. We're done and it's plenty of time for me to get from our practice to a local high school match or tournament on the weekend. Last year was a bit more of a challenge. We were talking
0: with Dan Mickle, the women's volleyball coach here at York College. All right, so when you're looking for a player, when you're out there recruiting, what are you looking for in a player? Because, uh, again, we're Division Three. It's not, you know, the, these girls are not necessarily going to play volleyball afterwards. They're not playing at the highest level. What are you looking for when you're looking for an athlete?
1: <laughs> this may sound like a canned answer, but <laughs> I'm truly looking for someone that fits the mission of the school, not just the athletic program. Okay. I, th- I feel like we can train someone in the sport and what we need them for our program, but it does us no good if they're not a fit academically, investing our time and then they kind of wash out by the end of the year. So that's usually the biggest thing, is this student set up for success academically and then we invest our time with them athletically. And then it's just a matter of plugging holes. You know, This year I'm lucky I don't have a single senior, so I return this whole team and the team that returned this year Six of them were starters last year by the end of the year. So it's really a blessing, but it's a curse in how do I recruit for the upcoming years because everyone coming in knows that they're probably gonna sit on the bench next year because I have all my starters returning. So I look for someone that's willing to push in practice and knows that maybe the playing time might not be ready for them for the first year or two, but still willing to push and, and get the whole team and a program better. I also like to look at where they fit at with the intangibles? Are they do they like to watch film? Are they willing to put in the other work, like the nutrition and the hydr we're very big with this year with our hydration plan. And that's something most high school players just never think about. They Won't take a drink unless you force them. And it takes us probably about three weeks for our new players coming in to get used to, oh, I have to drink this much in a day. Um, So those are the things that I look for. The the volleyball is pretty easy to see. You can see you know, at a tournament and go and watch all the players and, and, and pick what your needs are. But it's the intangibles that really matter to me.
0: All right, you've been uh, involved in volleyball for quite some time. How has the game changed in, say, the last maybe fifteen years? And I know obviously the the first answer is going to be rally scoring, which which that we all know that. Um, but how has it
1: ga- uh, changed? And how has it changed, maybe even on the division three level? I think the biggest change overall has been specialization. We're not seeing that player that plays all six positions and never comes out of the game, which is kind of disheartening because <laughs> I like having players that can play the whole way around, save your subs, but it's nice just having that level of comfort. You get in a groove and next thing you know you're subbing that player out. On the girls' side, I think what we're seeing is it's starting to pick up pace. The men's side really became really fast tempo and became a serving sure, game. Absolutely. Who's the best server yes. and that's going to win the match. We're starting to see the women's team start to get a little bit more aggressive. Um, I think that's one of the things that we do a little bit differently than a lot of teams. We want to win the battle on the service line. Sometimes that's great. sometimes you know we we die by that sword, but sure. but that's that's kind of how we like to push it. So that's probably the biggest change. Um, I, I guess I don't know the exact numbers, but it just women's volleyball or girls' volleyball just became the number one. Participant, Participant, to, to, yeah. participatory, participatory sport, sport. Yeah, to we can that, spit it right. out. Um, so we're seeing a lot more girls trying to get recruited in what's coming in. And for Division three, I think the biggest change is people are starting to realize that Division 3 isn't a step down. It's a different beast than Division one and Division two. So I think we're starting to see a lot more quality athletes fighting for positions on D3
0: schools. We're talking with Dan Mickle, the women's volleyball coach here at York College. And and for you, a, a lot of your early experience in your career was with
1: boys and men's vibe. But how is that different? I have to remind myself that. They're different. You know, one of the best stories, um, John Kessel, who's you know the volleyball guru for USA Volleyball, I remember when I was first getting into coaching and went to a clinic, the, he wrote on the board a scenario that a first-time coach walks into a boys' practice and you put the ball down and the boys are gonna pick it up and they're gonna battle, and then they're gonna become friends after they battle. If you're a first-time girls coach, you walk in, put the ball down. They all want to know each other's names, talk and socialize, and then they'll battle. So I have to remind myself that when I first started and made the switch, that I couldn't treat them the same. And that's not a bad thing. It's just a completely different situation. Um, you know how how do I handle pressing them to get pressure? Guys, it's really easy to get them in pressure situations and get them to step up. Sometimes in the women's side too much pressure and they shut down. So it's just finding that little bit of balance and and figuring out how to push them, when to push them, when to approach them, and just kind of when to be more standoff with them.
0: I know that you spend a lot of time on the psychological side of it. And how important is
1: that at at, at any
0: level for volleyball, psychological?
1: I think at every level. Um, With the addition of the hydration plan that we started with Tim, my personal big project coming in this year was getting the mental training down we probably do two hours a week of mental training and getting it's tough to get the girls to buy into that at first because they feel like we need to be on the court you know we, we just had a tough weekend this past weekend and conference play opened up but mondays are our mental mondays and getting them to sit in the classroom on monday when they're ready to itch and get back on the court can be tough what are you doing in the classroom with them um it varies the first thing that we really do is we always watch film So we'll review either upcoming matches or what we did, and then we'll go through everything. We'll go through breathing routines, imagery, positive self-talk, our girls start every practice and every match with five minutes of meditation and five minutes of breathing exercises before we do anything. And that's that's home away. And that that was also another, you know, issue getting them into when you're at an opponent's gym and you're kind of inside of everyone. Are you going to be able to do the five minutes of meditation and breathing? They really took well to it and and they're buying into it. So I'm glad to see it. We did a whole workshop called Athlete Tough from Bo Hansen who was an Olympic rowing coach from Australia has a great program with a book. So we did that during our preseason. There's 15 chapters, so we just every 2 days did a chapter during our preseason and talked about how to be a good teammate and you know some of the mental side of that.
0: What's the biggest challenge moving forward?
1: I think our biggest challenge right now is staying healthy. We just have a lot of players that are just wear and tear. Just, f- again, from the grind and the, and the push of it. And that's something at the end that I'll, I'll definitely reevaluate. Did we maybe push them too hard in the beginning? Or is it just something they're not used to? Or, or is there anything that we're doing that maybe we shouldn't be doing and causing these injuries? Um, nothing major, but but those are probably our biggest concern. And then it's just scheduling. You know, My biggest concern is I want to make sure that we have a challenging schedule so that we get a high enough ranking hopefully with the polls and you know if we don't get an automatic qualifier by winning our conference that we're at least in consideration for a bid but i also want to have success and 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 have you know some some playing time for the bench players too so that's the balance
0: yeah i you know obviously you want you you talk about injuries you want your bench players to have seen some game time because if somebody does get hurt seriously they may have to come off the bench and be a performer in the game how, how do you balance that
1: we make sure that our practices are really simulated like games. Almost everything we do and every practice is is a scored or a competitive type game. We've gotten rid of the word drill. We pretty much call everything a grill, which is a game like drill. So they know the terminology is just a grill. Uh, for example, we had a middle hitter that you know was out with a concussion, a back issue for a couple weeks, and a freshman stepped in and. The levels didn't go down, so that's when you feel like you know, a, you did your job recruiting, but b, you've also prepared her to take that spot. So it's just a matter of making sure your practice gym emulates what you want on the court.
0: When when a girl when you approach a, a, a recruit, what are you talking to them about? Are you are you specifically talking about what they might contribute to the program, or are you just talking about the whole the the, the whole package, including the school academics, all that sort of stuff?
1: It, it becomes the whole package. I really try to let them drive the conversation because I think that lets me know without asking them what the um, priorities are for them. I could easily say, you know, what's your scores? What's your major? What would you like to do? And then I feel like, well, she may not even want to talk about academics. She wants to talk about the program, but if I just kind of guide her and say, you know, what are you looking for? And then, okay, she's really interested in the art department here. She's really interested in forensics. We can talk about volleyball later. Let's talk about this. Um, and, and and that's how I handle most of our recruits. Now obviously some of them just want to talk about the volleyball and, I'll come in as a gen ed or, you know, and and I'll figure it out once I get in. And and honestly, that's a red flag for me. I I, really really do get concerned when, um, as someone that took a really long time to get my associate's degree, that's why I went in at gen ed and just, Muddled around, took classes I liked, but it never never turned a point. Yeah. And then once I got focused, boom, you know, and I'm now finishing my PhD in sports psychology, but it was, you know, boom, 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 once I figured out what I wanted to do. So when I see a recruit that's like, well, I'm not sure, I kind of, that's a red flag. And and before we get them on campus and get really serious, can I at least have some idea? You know, what do you like? Um, you know, there's a couple majors in our field that we don't have that we don't offer at the school that are pretty big in the volleyball world, and I hate getting through that recruiting process and get that relationship, and they're like, "Oh, well, this is what I want to do." Sorry, we don't have it. So that's the biggest issue.
0: All right, one last question. What's your favorite part of the job?
1: <laughs> I can't believe I, if they hear this, they're gonna <laughs> never let me down. But it's the girls. Like, uh, you know, it's it's a forty-five minute commute to me round trip from home to here and if i didn't have this group of girls or this culture in the gym it'd be miserable regardless of what the win or loss is coming in here just picks me up Um, it gets me motivated they're just good girls and and we all have good days and bad days but they really are awesome to be around and it's just fun it's a great program to be part of dan mickle women's volleyball coach
0: here at your college thanks for joining us appreciate it thank you and good spartans thanks for listening to wvyc spartan cast you can hear SpartanCast every Tuesday and Saturday at 10 a.m., but SpartanCast is also available as a podcast at wvyc.podbean.com. SpartanCast is done in cooperation with the York College Athletics Department. The executive producers are Jeffrey Schiffman and Scott Geis. Thanks for joining us, and go Spartans!